Shalom, my friends. We are studying together the eight covenants of God found in the Word of God. In this session, I would like to share with you the covenant that God made with Noah. It is called the Noahic Covenant. And it is found in the first 17 verses of Genesis chapter 9. Let me read together with you Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 to 17. It says, And God spake unto Noah and to his son with him, saying, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and with your seed after you, and with every living creature, that is with you, of the fowl, and of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth, with you, from all that go out of the ark, to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. God continued to tell to Noah in verse 12, And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for a perpetual generation. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token or for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass, when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which I, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant in Hebrew, Brit Olam, between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. This is a wonderful promise of God that he made to Noah, his family, and to us all, it is a Brit, it is a Brit Noah, it is a, a covenant that God made, and according to the passage that we read, it is called an everlasting covenant. Brit Olam. It is a covenant that is unconditional covenant with Noah and his descendants, which is including us all. Now let me remind you, my dear friend, that as we study the covenants of God, we have learned that God made eight covenants with the human race. 
three of the covenants he made with Adam and Noah, who were both federal heads of the whole human race. Adam, before the flood, and Noah, after the flood. In addition to the three covenants that God made with Adam and his descendants, and Noah and his descendants, God made additional five covenants found in the word of God with Abraham and Abraham's descendants, the Hebrews, the Jewish people, the people of Israel. Together we have eight covenants. Shmone Britot. Also it is important to bear in mind that out of these eight covenants, two of them are conditional. The Edani covenant that God made with Adam in the Garden of Eden, that was conditional. If you disobey me and if you will eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, dying you will die. Adam ate, Adam died spiritually first, later on physically, that's why we all die. And ultimately, if a person do not accept God's forgiveness, he will die eternally. That was conditional covenant. The second conditional covenant God made with our forefathers, the people of Israel, there by Mount Sinai, when he gave the Torah to Moshe, to the people of Israel. And when Israel will violate the Torah, God will discipline his people. We will learn about it when we're going to get to the Mount Sinai covenant that we will have in our study together. So, two are conditional covenants, six are unconditional covenant, and this one was an unconditional covenant, the Noahi covenant that God made with Noah and all his descendants. Now, let me also remind you that when God made a covenant, he will surely fulfill the promises that he made when he established covenants. That's who God is. He's a faithful God. And you notice when he says here in uh, verse 9, he says, I establish my covenant with you. I am the one who making this covenant. And it is my covenant that I establish with you. And here you can see in the context of Genesis chapter 9, it was an unconditional promise that God made to Noah and his descendants, which are including you and I today. So this is now the third covenant. The first one was with Adam before Adam fell into sin. The second one again was with Adam but it was after Adam fell into sin. And this third covenant is with Noah, and it was a covenant that was established by God after the flood. Now you and I might ask, why did God send the flood to this world? Well, let me remind you that the Bible teaches us according to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, that God saw that the, that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, 
and that every, listen to this, every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Now you and I might say, is that true? Every imagination of the thought of his heart was evil continually? Well, you and I might not look at ourselves as having an evil thought continually. In fact, the word continually in our Hebrew text is kol hayom, all the day long. This is exactly what God thinks about the human race. Not what you think about me and I think about you, but what God, a holy God, think about the whole human race. Every, notice that, every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. In fact, Jeremiah, the Hebrew prophet, says to our people of Israel years ago, he said to Israel that God, he said, the heart is deceitful. Above all things, who can know it? And he said to Israel, I know the condition of the heart. And I know that the heart of man is deceitful. I know every heart. And that's why I have to judge the sin of mankind. And so here, in Genesis chapter 6, it says in verse 6, it repented the Lord that he made a man on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy men whom I have created from the face of this earth, both men and beasts and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. It grieved God in his heart that he made men, and God said, I will destroy men. And now he is preparing to judge the human race with the flood. But you notice, my dear friend, this always touch our hearts because we have a gracious God. In spite of the fact that the human race departed from him, Already in the Garden of Eden, before sin came into this world, Adam violated God's word by, by disobedience. Here now we can see that God is still gracious. God is still kind. He is a loving God. And you notice what we read in verse 8 of Genesis chapter 6, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. How come? What was special about Noah? What the difference was between Noah and the rest of the world? Well, the difference was simply this. Noah was just as sinner as everybody else. Noah's nature was sinful just like anybody else. But you see, my dear friend, Noah repented. He turned to God. In fact, a little bit later on in Genesis chapter 6, it says, And Noah walked with God, verse 9. Noah walked with God. He was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. That word for perfect does not mean that he was sinless. But he was a tzaddik in Hebrew and tamim in Hebrew. He was a man that sought God's way. And when God sees someone who seeks to please him and repenting of his or her sins, he's always ready to receive them and to forgive their sins on the basis of the shed blood of an innocent 
animal that became a substitute temporarily and covered sin until the Messiah came and the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, removed the sin of this world from before a holy and a righteous God. Well, the flood came. The judgment of God came. In fact, God said to Noah, make me an ark. Make rooms there. And then put pitch within, without. And then he says, you bring all animals two by two into the ark. And God actually brought them to Noah. And Noah, his wife, his sons, Shem, Ham, Yefet, their wives, eight souls enter into the ark. And then we read, that the Lord have shut the door, and then it says he shut him in, according to Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16, and the flood was 40 days upon the earth. In fact, we read at the end of chapter 7 that the waters prevail upon the earth for 150 days. And then the ark landed on Mount Ararat, and then Noah and his family came out of the ark. And the first thing that Noah did, he built an altar unto the Lord. And he took every clean beast and every clean fowl. And he offered a burnt offering upon the altar to the Lord. Noah realized that the very fact that he was forgiven is because of the grace of God. And he offered sacrifices, blood atonement, for himself, for his family, and he began fresh, you might say, in the new world. The world that there was all, can you imagine, all humanity have died, only eight souls remain. Even the beast of the field and the fowl of the air all died. And the new world began with all those that came out of the ark. And here, my dear friends, is when God make this covenant, the third covenant, the Noahic covenant. And he makes it, you notice, according to our verses in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 8, he's calling Noah, he's calling his sons with him, and notice what God says in verse 9 of Genesis chapter 9. In verse 9 and 10, God established a covenant with Noah and his seed. It says in verse 9, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seeds after you and with every living creature that is with you, the fowl, the cattle, the beast of the earth, all that are with you, all that have come out of the ark. God said, I establish my covenant. You know, the word establish in the Hebrew text means lehakim, to raise up. As if God is assuring Noah by raising up something to show him that Noah, I raise it up. It's not you. It's not your sons, not your wife or your daughters-in-law, but I raise up this covenant. Ani hineni mekim et briti itchem. That's what God is saying. I 
establish my covenant with you. God now is making a covenant with Noah. This is the Noah covenant, the unconditional covenant that God is making now with Noah and his descendants in that new world that you and I live in today. Imagine that God made this covenant, unconditional covenant. The word in Hebrew for covenant is Brit. The word Brit simply means a cutting, or likrot Brit in Hebrew means to cut a covenant with Noah and his descendants. To remind you the name Noah in Hebrew means lanuach, to rest. When Noah walked with God, he gave God joy because Noah Though a sinner sought to please God, and God found pleasure. It says, as we have read, Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. And that's why the Lord have allowed Noah and his family to survive the judgment that fell upon this world. And Noah in the ark is a representation of the place of safety for those that will obey the Lord and turn to Him and accept His grace. Because those who will rebel against God and do not repent from the imagination of their thoughts all day evil continually, if they don't repent from this and turn to the Lord for grace and mercy, they will be judged. And so Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And now after the flood came, judged the world, no one survived except these eight souls and the animals that were with him in the ark. It's a tremendous lesson, my dear friend, even for us today. When we think, what is the ark of safety today? Because all human, all humanity have sinned and we are part of this world of sin how will God forgive us? Where will we have to go in order to receive forgiveness of sins? Just like Noah, in the days of old, we need to turn to God today. And we need to repent. And we need to accept God's offer of salvation. And like Noah who offered the burnt offering in Genesis chapter 8 on the altar, of every clean animal, those clean animals are picture of the Mashiach, the Messiah of Israel, and the Savior of this world who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Of course, his name is Yeshua. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. He is the one that came, and today God seek humanity to turn to him as the one that will be the ark of safety for all those that repent and turn to God. Well, look what we read. We read that God promised to establish a covenant. And you notice what he says in verse 11, he promised that no one will be cut off anymore through the water of the flood, as it happened in the days of Noah. He says, verse 11, I will establish my covenant with you, he's saying to Noah. 
Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by, listen to this, by the waters of the flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Here's a promise. Again, to remind you, it was not a promise that Noah made to God, but it is a promise that God made to Noah. It is an unconditional covenant that God made with the human race through Noah, who was then and there the federal head of the human race who came into this new world. What a promise God made. It was he who made the covenant that no one will anymore, verse 11, will be cut off from the flood of water. What a wonderful promise God made to Noah. Now listen to this. As we move along in the next verses, verses 12 to verse 17, God gave a sign. The word for sign is in the Hebrew text, it is the word ot. God gave many, many otot, many, many signs throughout history. He gave many signs, and we will read about it later on. But here is the sign of the covenant that God made with Noah, the Noahic covenant. It says in verse 12, God direct Noah and all men to the sign of this covenant. And God said, this is the token. This is the ot of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living thing that is with you for, notice that, a perpetual generation. The word perpetual is dorot olam. Perpetual generation in Hebrew, dorot olam, it is a, it's forever. As long that this earth is in existence, God made this covenant with Noah and all the human race, all this earth, and you notice he says, here's the token, here is the oath, here's the sign. According to verse 12 and on, he continues and he says in verse 13, God promised to set a bow, bow in the cloud. I do set my bow in the cloud. And it shall be for a token, for a sign of a covenant between me and between the earth. In other words, God made this bow in the cloud. This will be the sign. You know, every time when we see a, a, a sun and a cloud at the same time and some rain, we can see the bow, this beautiful bow that God is a, 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 a setting there for all to see. For all to see this promise of God that he made with the human race. Even these days, after so, hundreds of years have passed by since Noah, thousands of years since Noah have uh, came out of the ark, this bow is still seen in the cloud. And who set this bow in the cloud? According to verse 13, I do set, it is my bow, God said, in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of the covenant between me and the earth. 
He continues in verse 14 and verse 15 and verse 16, and he shows us that this bow is not so much for us to see and be assured. Yes, it is, but it's really even for God himself. It says in verse 14, 15, and 16, It shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth, that a bow shall be seen in a cloud. And notice this verse 15, And I, God said of himself, will remember my covenant which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Notice this, my dear friend. God says, I will remember my covenant. Now you and I might say, can God forget? Well, the answer, of course, is no. But you see, when God make a promise, and when God give a sign, the sign is assuring us, assuring the ones with whom he made the sign. But it also proved to us that God is faithful to his covenant. God is not going to turn around and return upon that which he had promised. He's a faithful God. He's an unchanging God. In fact, the prophet Malachi was told and was sharing with Israel that God said, I change not. Even though Israel failed, God changed not. When we think about the human race since Noah came out of the ark, do you think that men have improved? We have all failed. We still fail and sin. But the promise is the promise that God had made. And we can be assured, because we read here in this passage, in verse 15, I will remember my covenant. The water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. He continues in verse 16, and he says, notice he says, And the bow shall be in a cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon this earth. My dear friend, God made a promise. And God said that he will no longer destroy this world with the flood as he have done so in the days of Noah. And sure enough, now years, thousands of years have passed by since Noah came out. And since that time, even though we had many tsunamis and many floods, yet God sustained the earth and his grace is extending to all the world. And he seek and he long for us as we see the bow there in the cloud that we will remember that God is faithful to his promise. So he says, when I will bring the keshet in Hebrew, the, the, the bow, he says, I will see the keshet, banan, the, the bow in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, and no more flood will uh, uh, judge this world as it was in the days of 
Noah. And God reemphasized the sign of the covenant in verse 17. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon this earth. Now this is so wonderful, my dear friend, the, the unconditional covenant that God made with Noah and his descendants after the flood. I just want to mention that even though we have the assurance that God will not judge the world with a flood anymore, yet, my dear friend, we do know that sin will bring judgment. And therefore, God will have to judge this world in righteousness by that man, the Messiah, that have come and that give gave his life a ransom for many. And those that do not accept him ultimately will have no forgiveness of sins. And because there is no forgiveness of sins, judgment has to come. You know, Simon Peter, Shimon Petros, wrote in his second letter, in Second Peter chapter 3, he said to those to whom he wrote, he said that in the last days scoffers will come walking after their own lusts. And he says, but they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. This is Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 4. But notice what Peter said. But he said concerning them, he says, But these they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, this is in the days of Noah, the world that then was being overflowed with the water perished. Says people don't realize, they mock, they laugh at the word of God, at the promises of God. They say, where is the promise of his coming? The Messiah hasn't returned. And Peter reminding the believers in Yeshua, the Messiah, he says, listen, just like it was in the day of Noah, where people rejected the word of God and they died because the flood came, According to Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 5, but he says in verse 6, but he continues, he says in verse 7, but the heavens and the earth which are now, this is the one we live in now, by the same word are kept in store and reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly Men. This is verse verses one to seven of Second Peter chapter three. Now, my dear friend, the lesson is very, very important for us to learn. God has to judge sin, but He making covenant with humanity in order to bless the human race. He wants the human race to adhere to His word, to turn to Him. 
You see, the people in Noah's days rebelled against God, disobeyed the word of God, and judgment came. And God made a covenant of promise that he will not judge this world anymore with flood of water. And now many, many years have passed by. The Messiah has come. Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah came. He died. He paid for the sin of this world. And since he came, now nearly 2,000 years passed by. And the vast majority of our world still reject him, reject God. So Peter said that God reserved this world. This is the world that Noah entered into and began this world. He said, according to verse 7 of Second Peter chapter 3, But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the very same word, are kept in store and reserved unto fire, not flood anymore, but fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So God desired that we will turn to him. And he made this unconditional covenant with Noah and Noah's descendant. I will no longer judge this world with a flood. But God will have to judge this world with fire as it is promised to us in God's word. That's why it is so important to turn to God, accept God's word, repent of our sins, and turn to the Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, who died, was buried, and rose again for our justification, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish. May God help us to learn from this Noahic covenant that God made with Noah, and he placed the sign of this covenant in the clouds, in the sky, the bow in the cloud. My dear friend, God is a good God. May God help us to turn to him and accept the covenants that he made with humanity. Until the next time, God bless you, my friend. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.